Welcome to the Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat pod. On today's pod, we review a gutting 2-0 defeat to Villa at the bridge. We're going to try and get into the mind of Todd Bowley, see where we are on the project roadmap. We'll check our thermometers to take some knee-jerk form temperatures. And we look ahead to what is always a huge game versus Liverpool at the bridge. And we've got our own Bruce Forsyth Brady with another Chelsea <laughs> quiz for us. Feel, I'm Chris. Right <laughs> I'm Chris. And as always, I'm joined by my brother Craig and our good friend Brady. How's it going, boys? How are we feeling? Another miserable evening at the bridge yesterday. So, yeah, just I guess we'll, we'll chat about the game. Coming I mean, up. I'd, I'd rather be watching a Brew Forsyth show on a Saturday night, I think, with my nan the way he's to a Chelsea at the moment. Yeah. Absolutely dreadful. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is what it is, isn't it? It's just, I mean, yesterday was actually a bit of an improved performance. We'll talk about that. But yeah, the general feeling around the club is, uh, well, a new low in the, in the, well, in the sort of uh, modern era. So, yeah, not good. Well, let's, let's have a look at the, the game that we played yesterday. So we slipped to our, our first loss in our last five in all comps. Um, Villa picked up their first win at the bridge since 2011. Um, it, was a, it was a game that we, we had a lot of chances, so 69% possession, 27 shots. I had to check back, and we haven't had that many shots since um, Palace at home in March 2018. Um, and eight on target to Villa's two, which were obviously the goals. And 2.1 xG to about 0.92 for Villa. Uh, how did we see the game yesterday? I think if you looked at yesterday's game in isolation, it, it was it was an improvement really from what we've seen. The games over the last six seven months have been absolutely dreadful for the most part, and and yesterday's game wasn't wasn't too bad. Like I said, in isolation, if you look at it, you'd be like, oh, it's an unlucky loss, but the team was playing all right. But obviously, as part of this long run of form, especially some of the home games, you, you've just got to look at this game again. It's just another absolutely brutal, brutal peg in, in Graham Potter's managerial career at Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is the main thing that's concerning for me is it's the second halves. It, the, most first halves seem to be pretty good. I mean, we generated 1.5 XG. We were very, very unlucky to go in. One nil down. Uh, I talked about the attack last week as a unit. Again, they they do what they do best. They miss sitters. Even Mudrick's caught the little lurgy that we have of just missing sitters. Um, and you know, Bl- uh, Potter can't be blamed for that. And Potter can't be blamed for Kukurea doing what he did in Kulabali mix up. But the second half is really concerning. It's it's for me. It's the if you think about the last at, at, at the bridge anyway. Dortmund, Leeds, um, Villa. The second half's been really poor. I mean, we hung on against Leeds. We hung on a bit against Dortmund. And yesterday, we only generated 0.5 XG. And who did, our best ch- who did our best chance fall to in the second half yesterday? I'll give you boys a question. In the second half. Alex? Kante. Yeah, so Kante. Yeah. He, stu- he, st- he stuck Kante on, basically up front, in advanced eight. In, in advanced eight, which Tuchel used to do. To be, like, this is something that has happened before, where... It actually started under Sari, where he, he wins the ball up high, and then he's in this sort of 10 position. And N'Golo Kante is a fantastic player. He's world-class at what he's world-class at. Running with the ball and winning the ball back. He's not world-class at passing at, at all. He's probably mid-table. Or, or shooting. Or shooting. He's mid-table, 
like at passing, not a good shooter of the ball at all. He kind of always trying to plug to pass it in. Same yesterday. And it's just, it wasn't actually the time to bring Kante on yesterday in that sense. I mean, it was, I thought it was not funny, but in a kind of a gallo humor kind of way that <laughs> the first thing that Kante saw in his career under Potter was a goal going in by John McGinn. I mean, it was just, it was just a disaster. And the subs were a disaster. We're talking about Loftus Cheek at right wing back with Reese at right centre back. But yeah, if like the second half's a really like, you know, being 1 0 down in a game like that, you can take it. But the second half was, was not good enough. It was a mess. And it was, if, it's a mess. It was a mess against Leeds. It was a mess against Dortmund that we hung on in those games. And this time, and obviously against um, Everton as well, we, we, we conceded two goals in the second half last time. So yeah, second halves are a huge, huge concern under Potter for me. We, if we look at the, the first half, where we did create lots of yeah. good openings and opportunities, a lot of the attack came down. The right-hand side, I thought Rhys James was really good at getting the ball out to Loftus-Cheek as quickly and as um, really firmly with his passes. And um, we had some good openings for M- Michaela Mudrick, especially who maybe on a different day would have had an amazing game. But he had a bit of Torres in him with his sort of finishing and his decision making. Well, he looked like a player that that was his first one on one in in English football. You know, he looked like a it's sort of like a deer in headlights sort of moment for him. He, yeah, he, he, he rushed it, didn't he? He rushed it. Yeah. Oh yeah, he took. Uh, we well, had a good. He he won the ball quite well in the first. I can't remember when it was, but he won the ball from won the ball from one of the defenders at the beginning, and he didn't square it to Havertz. I think it was Kamara. Yeah, yeah, and he took the shot on, and it was it was saved. But the I second one where he was the, the second one where he was through on goal, he he took it. He he had a shot. He was through on goal with about what thirty five yards, and he had a shot from about twenty yards with no one in front of him. It yeah. was a two on one with Havertz and the goalie. Really, really bizarre decision. This, this is what you you can't you can't train for these moments, right? You can you can be in training. And have practice one on ones, and those moments are easy. You might find them easy. It's easy to practice them or whatever. But when you're actually through on goal in a Premier League game, the crowd there, and and that's your big first moment in British football. It's not it's not so easy just to to revert back to what you've been training. That's a completely different moment. So, I, I do think you know what I would say about his minutes before this. He isn't. He isn't been able to settle and become accustomed and relaxed mm. in, in in the football in this country yet and you could see that 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 panic as he got through he didn't want to mess it up he wanted the moment to be over he didn't embrace it he just wanted you know i'll take a shot and, and we'll see what happens yeah. he wasn't he wasn't relaxed he wasn't composed i guess is a better word um for that and and you know that will come with time i think with him i thought in the first half mudrick's movement and runs that he was making they weren't always picked yeah. out but he he was making a lot of really good runs and movement and this is something that sterling does for us as well really opens up the the game for us and with enzo and kovacic played two fantastic balls over the top once to chill well and one, he was the player that played it through to mudrick as well i think enzo and kovacic in midfield in these deep line playmaking roles when you've got the movement of mudrick when you've got the movement of chillwell who was absolutely brilliant yesterday as well um you know those guys down the that side of the pitch for us. It, I think this it works really, really well. Um, we, we were unfortunate yesterday to go down to be one 0 down at halftime. That that is for sure. The the I agree. I think I, 
I think it's it kind of stems from the fact he hasn't been playing, right? The the confidence and that that kind of comes back to the, to Potter a little bit in terms of yeah. getting people prepared much earlier and getting him minutes and chucking him in randomly he to start should, a game. He should have started the Everton game. Yeah, because but he needs to keep was... playing. He has to keep playing. He, you yeah. can tell there is a really, really impressive player there who, let's be honest, we don't really have anyone like him and we haven't had for a while. He's so quick. I, I still can't believe when I watch him, you see him live, how quick he is. Like it's, I mean, it's there was a point where like, Chilwell just booted it out of the pitch. Yeah, you like you. I wasn't even. I was half watching because you think, right, the defenders are going to clear it up and it's going to be a new phase of play. And he literally caught him up. It was like yeah. twenty yards, and I was like, wow. And he just like he went into him, just barged him off it. I think he actually gave away the, the referee. who wasn't great actually yesterday. God, the referee but, yesterday. Oh, yeah, goodness, yeah, but with, yeah. with that, yeah, this, yeah, the referee was not good. Um, but like he gave a foul, and it was very like 50-50 foul. But like that's what mm. you, can, you can just do that for Very basic, just like. Over the top ball, especially against the high line, not that Villa were playing high line, but against the high line, someone like City or Liverpool or even Liverpool on Tuesday, just stick him on and stick it over the top. I mean, he's quicker than Werner. So, so like, just, just, just quickly, because we mentioned the referee, obviously, you know, the, the game was lost yesterday. It wasn't the referee's fault that we, that we lost the game yesterday, but did have a very poor game, I thought. But one of the, the things that I really dislike the most about the bench that we, we currently have, Potter and his staff and, and whatever, is there is no pressure on the referee to, yeah. to, from, from his bench, no pressure on the fourth official. And people talk about, you know, oh, we don't want to see people you know, pressurising the referees. That's absolute garbage. At the top level, all the elite managers yeah. put pressure on the fourth officials and pressure on the referees to get better decisions during the game. And there's absolutely a truth to that in that the pressure from the crowd and the and the bench makes you get decisions. We've seen it all the time at Anfield, at Old Trafford, and at Stamford Bridge as well over the years. The referees give us decisions that we don't deserve because the pressure is on them. Yesterday... If we'd have really got on the ref from, you know, 10 minutes in when he was making really poor decisions all over the pitch, he would never have given that Chilwell foul for the goal. He would never have given it and it would not have been overturned by VAR and we would have gone in 1-1. So I, I, I really, really feel that you're missing a trick. You're missing an edge of being a big club by not getting on the referees and the fourth officials early in games like that. And, and yeah, you... and just adding on to that point, um, when we went 2-0 down, did you see what Potter did? He just sat back down. I was watching him because when I, I watch him sometimes on the bench, he sat back down. He got up. He put his hands in his pockets and he sat back down again. And yeah. Emery was going mad at his. Like, they were tuning him up and he was going mad. Emery. And I know sometimes it's just for show. It's just for semantics. I think actually Tuchel in a in a podcast he did recently. It maybe the managers do it more for them. It doesn't actually do too much like, to the players. It didn't affect the game that much. But. For the fans, you need to see Potter like just don't do that little clappy thing that he does when they do a good good phase of play. You need to see him like going barking at them because his 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 job is on the line. So it's just allegedly, allegedly, but it's you can tell that he's they've they've created this sort of safety blanket that is just it's, it's too thick and basically he doesn't feel it. He doesn't feel the edge. He needs to. He's too calm on the touchline. He needs to just like right, come on, and like. He went to, I can't remember his assistant and his name, but he's talking to his assistant for like three minutes. So it's just like, get on with it. So, yeah. The, yeah, we, we didn't, we'll talk a little bit about Loftus-Cheek, who, who's received yeah. quite a lot of the ball on the right-hand side and didn't really 
I mean, let's be much. honest. Let's be honest. He shouldn't. Buff just. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go in and Ruben too much. But he shouldn't. He maybe shouldn't be at the club. Like probably not up to standard. I mean, I've got a forest mate. You said that like he's probably not. Like, Loftus Cheek is not in the top twenty players on our team, and he wouldn't. If he went to Forest, he wouldn't be excited. And we're playing him right wing back over Reese James. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, I, I just I don't understand. Yesterday, obviously, we had Chalaber and Badiashil yeah. as mm. sort of obvious centre back with with Kulabali, obvious wide centre backs with Kulabali in the middle. And so he's gone. To, he did talk, talk about this in the presser afterwards, where he said he he wanted Reese James and Kukurea to sort of be. He thought they'd get a lot of the ball, the centre backs, the way Villa play, and he wanted them to 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 move the ball fast. And obviously they're slightly better players. I, I think Chalaba's a good passer of the ball as well. But Reese James, Chris alluded to it at the start of the the pod, he did move the ball really fast in that first half, and that was one of the reasons I think we attacked really well. So I'm, mm. I I don't want to get on too much on on. Potter's decision making in terms of the lineup because I think Reese James was outstanding at, at right centre back as well. I think he obviously does a really good job there. The more 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 critical, yeah, is is Loftus Cheek at, at right wing back. But then, if you're going to play Reese at right centre back, who can you play at right wing back? Apart I, from I don't think it was a role yesterday that required that much. I mean, Loftus Cheek isn't a very good defender. Yeah, the thing is that the boys. The outball so, yesterday, I don't think that was the outball yesterday was always to Loftus Cheek. Like, Enzo was looking for him the whole time. If yeah. Reece, if you replayed that game and uh, Reese James was uh, right wing back, there's a good chance we would have got a goal in that first half. Because Loftus yeah. Cheek got one on one with a defender, I think it was like eight times. And, it, and, and I, think it, I think he maybe got one cross in. I mean, mm. I, I think with the way they played, almost Madweke would have been a better option at right wing back. Oh yeah, just someone and, a bit. You just you need someone with a bit more creativity there because Loftus Cheek gets in those positions, and one of the big issues I have with him is he just doesn't have that urgency of wanting to score a goal. He he'd look like he'd rather make he'd rather he, complete a pass to someone. He, just, he doesn't want to just take a risk. I mean, it's it's not it's not rocket science. He's a sitting midfielder playing right wing back for Chelsea Football Club. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. We, he's a nice guy. He, 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 you know, he's, he'd have a beer with him. He'd have a beer with him. He was, chat, he was chatting up Laura Woods this week on TalkSport. He's a good-looking lad. Love Ruben. And I'm really actually sad the way his career gone because that injury under Sarri in America obviously was a pivotal moment. And he was looking fantastic because in the England squad, like in the quiz we said the other week. But lost his cheek. He's not a right wing back. He can't get in the Chelsea midfield, so they put him somewhere else. And that and Tuchel did that. So I'm not well, saying it's well, possible. Well, Tuchel played him at right wing back when we played with a four set up and where he inverted and played centrally yeah, right. a lot. He didn't play him like Potter played him last night, where he's actually playing right wing back on the right wing. Like I just I, I, think, I thought that was a bit bit weird. And he, he literally he, he gets to the he gets to the fullback and he just always looks to cut it back to Reese James anyway. And Reese James does that inverted like cross that he does, which is great as well. So it just Reese turned up being the right wing back anyway because he was doing the, uh, he ended up underlapping etc., which probably wasn't even supposed to do in that role. So yeah, just and if like I said before, when 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 um, players are, are at Cobb and over the international break, managers have the, have another Tuchel as well. Managers get the right on him. I did say that Lofty Cheat would get a start, so I wasn't surprised. But I thought he might be in midfield because I wasn't sure if Enzo was going to be fit. But to see, I mean, Reese James is obviously fit as well. You might think, well, maybe maybe he played him because um, maybe he played um, uh, Loftus Cheek at right wing back because he didn't think Reese had the legs at right wing back. That's what I thought, I thought at first. But like James played ninety minutes and he didn't look like he was blowing at all. So yeah, not not 
wasn't happy with that selection. I was very confused before the game and in the game, it, and it looked bad. Yeah, I think it's not a. I think Reese James, his best position is right wing back. You get the yeah. best out of him in attacking areas, and we had people who could have played behind him. You could have also, you know, switched to a four and pushed him up, and you know, tried to attack more on the right, or you know, just accepted that we would have two at the back and put another person in midfield, maybe with Kante. I mean, on. I don't know what you think. I think in terms of the talk about the subs, I mean, it was like. Graham Potter's like sub bingo. The, the, just, the subs are just so bizarre. I mean, at half time, I thought it'd just be Ch- maybe Chalabar on for Loftus Cheek, and you just you know you just put Chalabar in the right centre back, and you put James Rice right, yeah, right, right wing back. I agree. I think that was like, the sub that everyone wanted. I yeah. even had my my friend after the game message me Villa fan, and he said, "Why on earth did you not put Reese James on Moreno? Like he was awful." Yeah. So yeah, it, every I think everyone could see it apart from Potter. Bizarre. Yeah. And then he brought, um, he brought go on. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, yeah, I think when Pulisic and Gallagher came on, sort of didn't really feel like that was going to add much to scoring goals. Yeah, and again, like uh, I'm Matt, I read the Matt Law piece. So Matt Law has been like a either big Chelsea journalist, probably like the highest profile Chelsea journalist at the moment. He's actually a Villa fan, funnily enough. So probably happy that Villa fan. But he he actually went in on Potter yesterday, and he's been Potter's. Um, one of his you know, biggest supporters since Tuchel left. And he said that not bringing Mason Mount on one was bizarre. And he pulled, mm. him up, he pulled it up a minute in the press conference. It's like, Mason Mount, we need him to get minutes because, you know, he needs minutes because all, all, all the talk about Mason Mount at the moment is off the pitch. Contracts, injuries, etc. not an England squad. Can't even remember the last time he played for Chelsea. And he essentially, like, he's got a great... This is, do you think this is what happened? Do you remember with Christiansen? last year where yeah. he didn't sign a contract and then he was told I think it was came out that he was told like not to play him basically I mean you, do you think something not. do you think something's going on I, with that maybe I, I really hope not because this is a completely different situation where Tuchel was an ingrained manager at the club and had the power to do that you can't grant Potter the power to do that I'm sorry because he well he would be he wouldn't have any power he would just be overwritten so don't play yeah. him but then he was think, in the on the bench, so pretty, pretty. I think Tuchel was actually quite annoyed that Christensen didn't sign the contract. I think in that he actually called him out in a press conference. I remember that we got, we gave him. He actually spoke for the board that we've given him an offer, and he literally rejected it. Whereas, you know, Potter, he, got, he goes across the party line and says, "Oh, you know, he's a good lad, and he just come back from two days injury, and so he's just only been training two days." They made I think some- what, happened, what, what happened with Christensen was that they had a contract verbally agreed, didn't they, with his agents or whatever. And then they they went back on it. He said uh, uh, they had to renegotiate or something. I mean, um, Christiansen was a, a money thing. Mason Mount is a, a contract length thing, which I think is a little bit understandable. He doesn't want to tie himself down to be thirty. So it's, it's it's I don't think it's about the money either. But like Mason Mount has also got a fantastic record versus Villa. So it, it just doesn't make any none of make any sense. Like he keeps, keeps bringing Pulisic on. Pulisic is going to be he's probably one of the main guys they're going to try and flog in the summer. Like so. I don't understand. And he just brings Gallagher on. Like, Gallagher in that game, you're 2-0 down. You need a goal. Like, if we get a goal at 2-1, you can get 2-2, and maybe the whole narrative is different. It just... Yeah, the sub... Like, the first half under Potter is good, but the game management and the subs are, 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 are poor. And that's... that's, that's the, well, the selection, subs, game management, that's what makes a manager good. And at the moment, you know, the manager isn't really showing us much, you know, much at the moment, really. Yeah, the, the last thing, oh, sorry. I was going to say the the last thing we can I wanted to say on the filler game was 
just a real shout out to how bad Kovacic is shooting is. And from, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, he actually someone scored who's, two goals for Croatia, and I watched the highlights. Yeah, and they're both they were, <laughs> yeah, it happens. But for someone who's probably one of the most skillful players in the team, I can't believe how bad his shooting is. It's yeah. it's scary. Like I don't. I, there's there's not many people who are safe in the crowd when he he lines up a shot. And, and I just want to say, I've, I was kind of, uh, I didn't want to be negative about Angolo uh, yesterday. It was brilliant to see Angolo yesterday. But to bring it, Angolo Kante is not really a player you bring on at 1 0 down. I know they wanted to bring him on to give him minutes, but we need attacking players on the pitch. He put Angolo basically in an inside right position. He was like down the right wing. So but he looked sharp. He, he was winning the ball back. He was pressing. He was running ball. He looked like Angolo, which is fantastic. And it's fantastic for the Real Madrid tie. But it was, it's horses for courses. And we needed Mount and Madueke or not. Not Kante, uh, and not Kante might have a come for me. He should have brought Kante on maybe later in the game. But um, yeah, it was good to see N'Golo and he's great. He's world-class at what he's world-class at. So it was, it was good to see him. And a, a quick word on Aston Villa. I, I think they're, they're third in the table since if you were sort of to run a, a table simulation from when Emery took over yeah. um, in the league. So really, really impressive what he's done at Aston Villa and, and heading in the right direction sort of moving up the table, what, what do we think of Villa yesterday? I thought they played really well. I thought exactly the the sort of style of play that you'd expect from them, where they're trying to use their pace on the counter-attack, but also very competitive and, and pressing in midfield. I thought Ramsey and McGinn for them in midfield were fantastic. And to be honest, sort of bossed Kovacic and, and Enzo a bit, which is sad for me to say, because they've been really good. Uh, for us but yeah I thought that that Ram Ramsey I'm surprised doesn't get more love for for the England squad I, I, I think he's a better player than that well they're different players I think he plays think, for the under 21s doesn't he yeah, yeah. I, I, I would like to see him get a chance to, to play for England because I think in a better team as well not saying Villa are a, a bad team obviously but the I think he could he could definitely be be an impressive player for us and we're playing players like Calvin Phillips in midfield for England who I, I don't really rate as a very good player at all can't even get a minute for for City so yeah I would I would like to see him in the England setup yeah I think I think it looked like I mean it's a kind of um cliche thing to say but they all looked like they knew what their job was you know they they looked like they they were organized they came to do a job I mean let's face it like we we got the xg win yesterday Potter coach to win but Villa, Villa were really good and like they could have easily been one or two nil up. They hit the bar, and in, in Watkins, they've got a player which is like a re- a confidence player. I think he scored um, uh, five times in a row, five times in a row away from the away for them. So, yeah, fantastic. I mean, it looked like an easy finish against Kepa because it's set up for him. But if you imagine one of our strikers one on one there, he probably just would have gave it to their keeper. I mean, it was a really yeah, good it, was a, it was a great finish. Yeah, you re- really, yeah. really. I mean, it looked easy because it popped up for him nicely. But he, you know, he's, he anticipated it. Went through. Kepper had no chance. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say they deserve to win because I think, uh, I, uh, you know, nine times out of ten we probably would have got something out of the game if we could shoot. But you've got to say they're stuck in there and got like, great goal by McGinn and um, yeah, very well organised team. And they've got they've got a good manager. They've got a good manager who I'm happy for Emery actually in a way because he he really got a batter in at Arsenal and I thought it was like quite unfair on him. And um, and, and PSG as well. Yeah, yeah, and you know, people were. I think people were teasing him about the way he spoke English, which is always a bit ridiculous because English people can never speak any foreign languages ever. So, so like, yeah, I thought it. I, I was. I'm happy for Emery, and uh, he's showing. A, you know, 
I wouldn't say he's an elite manager, but in a close to elite with his Europa League records. So, yeah, well, I mean, I, I'd swap him for Potter in a heartbeat. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, I didn't want to say that, but uh, yeah, that he did. A, he did a great job with Villarreal, didn't he? Um, yeah, it's the Villa, thought... isn't it? The Villa, the Villarreal. <laughs> Villarreal. There you go. Yeah, Reactions. yeah. I thought I thought Villa were were <laughs> very fortunate to win the game, but yeah, they they made the the key moments matter, <laughs> um, which which we didn't, and they, they I mean, defended really well. Potter did actually say something right, pretty adept in his conferences. They were just much better in both boxes, Villa, and they yeah. were. They defended better and they attacked better in the boxes, and that's what wins your football oh. matches. So yeah, Martinez made seven seven saves yesterday. He was outstanding yeah. for them. He was probably their best player, I thought. Um, yeah, especially that one where Mudrik uh, nicked the ball of Kamara and he made himself really big and stretched yeah, out. Yeah, so that was a very, that was a very good save. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about, well, not just Potter, but maybe getting into the mind of Todd Bowley and, and where we are on this project roadmap that started at the sort of middle of last year. We've, we've suffered quite heavily um, since, since Tuchel left. Uh, Potter came in, lots of injuries, results have been very poor, um, and they haven't really improved that much in the last sort of, I'd say a couple of months where we've had people kind of returning, um, less fixture congestion post World Cup as well. So we've had more time to prepare for the for the matches. Where do we sort of where do we see Todd Bowley? What do we see in terms of Todd Bowley's thinking now? And we've got Potter in quite a precarious position, quite unprecedented in terms of the um, the the record. The amount of points dropped. He has he has a thirty one point eight percent win percentage in the Premier League, Graham Potter, which is atrocious. And if without Tuchel's three wins, we'd have seven wins in the Prem, which is that's the same as all the teams in the relegation zone. That's what they have six or seven wins. So I, I we're 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 really in relegation form under Potter. It, yeah. it really is unbelievable that the squad that we have would be in the relegation zone based on, or like, you know, in that sort of mix, if, uh, if he'd been manager all season, I mean, it, we, we've gone beyond the point really of talking about Potter as a, as a realistic long-term manager for us. I, you know, I, I don't think any fans see any sort of future or ceiling with, with Graham Potter. I don't think, I mean, we, we haven't heard Potter out chance yet, but, I mean, I think we're pretty close. I think, I, think, I think the fans voted with their feet yesterday. I mean, I, we took, I took a picture on our social media account. I would say that 25% of the ground had left by the 80th minute or something well, there like was, that. There was a funny moment where I think people were chanting, you don't know what you're doing. But then yeah. Kante, Kante was subbed on, so everyone started applauding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of drowned out. Yeah. I, 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 would, I just want to ask one question. I want you both to answer this. So obviously... We're talking about a manager coming in, young players in the squad, whatever. Who would you say has improved under Graham Potter? I'll start with you, Chris. Who would? You, what players would you say have improved? It's a tough one. I guess Kula Bali, in a way. <laughs> Don't start <laughs> that. <laughs> that's a, that's well, he, a controversial he, he, answer. He, he was. It, it, it wasn't that bad yesterday. To be fair, oh, first fifteen minutes he was awful, Kulabali. Yeah, yeah, but he got better he, as the game went on. He, he, he got better as the game went on. The first fifteen minutes, he I think he had four, four giveaways, and obviously with the goal, 
just just um, before we talk, we talk about this any, anymore, Brady, have you got anyone that you think oh. has improved under Graham Potter? I think there's players who have played quite well under him, but are already good. I think Kovacic has been good under him. I think Enzo has been fantastic, but I think Enzo has been would be fantastic anyway. I think the reason why we generate good XG in general is because we have good players. You know, um, I think the players are. I'm not saying they're not playing for the manager, but we have a collection of players that are very good. You, you know, you've said, Craig, before that we might have pound for pound one of the best squads in the world, which I think overall is actually not like an out there statement. No. I, I don't think that... I can't think of any, to be honest. I, there's players who have peaks and troughs under him, mm. um, but not really, no. And it's because... And, and do you know why none of them really improve? It's because he chops and changes the team so much. So yeah, that's, one, that's one of the reasons, I think. Um, and, you... and, and let's, let's have it right before Christmas, it was the washing machine of games, which was a bit big red, a big red flag for me when he said that. That was Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. He was saying that. That's yeah. that's, that's Chelsea Football Club, mate. Yeah. That, that's that's a top four club. When you're saying washing machine of games, that he, sat, he was making it sound like it was like the Christmas schedule, which can be brutal. Like you know, you have like six six games in like eighteen days or something like that. Yeah, that that's brutal. The washing machine of games. That was a Brighton manager saying. I can't handle three games a week. Tactically. Or, or not just I can't handle, but it's not something I'm familiar with in my managerial career before, right? Yeah, and look, we had a lot. So I think after the, after the Fulham game, we had like 10 or 11 key players out. So we had to rotate a lot, fair enough. But, you know, we've rota- he rotates the front three all the time. He tries Pulisic, he tries Mudrick, in and out, in and out, not working. Um, the, the, the main... well, there's, one, there's one player who never gets dropped. Havertz. I Havertz. The man who plays 90 minutes every game and you can't score a goal, but you keep playing him. I, I, I have to say, no, I was that in itself baffled. is bizarre. I, I'm baffled with the striker position for us with, with Aubameyang and, and Fafana. Yeah. I just don't, I don't get it at all. Like, we're, we're, Why were neither of them on the bench yesterday? He was asked again about this in the post-match presser, Potter, and he said that, that only Mendy was injured. Yeah, they listed loads of players, like ZH, basically all the rejects. Like, how many of them are fit? And they were all fit except Mendy. And Mendy's randomly got a randomly, random injury again. He was fit. So and now he's got a random injury again. So there's something going on there, I think. Anyway. But, like, Aubameyang is firmly in the freezer. He's got the padlock on Glotter. He's got some sort of, like, key, key code to get him out of the freezer. I mean, Aubameyang, he went to Barcelona. Some fans hate that sort of thing, and he took his picture of selfie. That's what Aubameyang is. He has he, he makes them sometimes quite out there. I have decisions. absolutely no issue with Aubameyang going to no, Barcelona. I, I didn't either. I didn't either. I, I didn't either. And look, he hasn't. He didn't look great. I think the Arsenal game was kind of the nail in the coffin. He didn't look good against Arsenal. But to be honest, that that Arsenal game for me, if we're talking about Potter, was not to say the nail in the coffin. But I saw a manager there that was a little bit out of his depth. Because yeah. Arsenal came that day, and Arsenal weren't that good that day. And don't get me wrong, Arsenal are a juggernaut this season under Arteta. I mean, they're an unbelievable team. But they were they were in second or third gear, and they walked it. And yeah. and we looked like West Ham, like just no XG. That's where Potter's going to be next season. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you narratives. are good at narratives, Craig, and uh, we did the two two nil. So your narrative's looking pretty good there. But. Um, yeah, in terms of like Potter, I just want to talk about um, our record versus the top half. Do you, so we've played 13 games versus the top half. Do you know how many we've won? Chris might know this. 
Well, well, I know that we've won one now because Villa. Yeah, and it was against tenth place. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we've played thirteen games against the top half. We've had five draws, seven defeats. Do you know how many goals we scored versus? Do you want to guess how many goals we might have scored versus the top half in thirteen games? Christ, I don't know. Not many. I think six, seven. Oh, yeah. and two of them are against Villa away. Very good guess. Yeah. So we have eight points from a total. We we could have picked up thirty nine points versus the top the top ten, and we have picked up eight. I just want to go through our fixtures at the end of the season. Seven of our last ten games in the league are versus the top ten. Yeah, the other three are versus Wolves, Bournemouth, and Forest, who are fist fighting for their Premiership survival. I'm telling you now, it's a good job we got 38 points. Because I'm not saying we would have get relegated, but we would have been a relegation scrap. I can't see if we're going to get 50 points. It's so, a good thing Tuchel got those three wins for us at the start of the season. That's half the amount of wins that Potter has <laughs> since then. Anyway. And let's be honest, the be- probably the best performance pound for pound of the season was against Tottenham under Tuchel. That's the only time we've actually looked like a dominant team, really. Um, yeah. and, mm. and so, oh, look, we're not going down. We're probably going to come 10th or 11th or whatever, 9th or whatever. You know. what's, what's the highlight game under Potter in the Premier League? He's, he's managed us now for 22 games in the Premier League. I should have to go back and have what, a look. What, what would you say would be the, the highlight of those 22 games? What, what do you think, Chris? Yeah. I don't remember who we played now. I think yeah, Wolves, just, are, just, Wolves, just Wolves at home. Yeah, Wolves at home, maybe. That was a good one. But they also generated 1.3 XG that day. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that game was that good. I mean, it, it, was, it looked good in the well, end. Broya yeah. made it 3-0 in like the 93rd minute. He scored a really good goal. I'm looking through soccer away right now. There's very few. You might say Leicester away, just for the like actually winning away after a while. The, the, yeah, honestly, good, yeah. I mean, we were buzzing after Leicester away. But let's be honest, they missed like two open goals. Yeah, yeah. they actually had like two and a half. Like, XG, I, I mean, uh, at the time, we were like, oh, yeah, we deserved it. I mean, Leicester probably thought they were robbed that day. So, you know, it leads at home. You know, Fafana, set piece, and they sat back. These were all over us at the end. Palace at home, basically a second phase set piece got all over us at the end. Even Dortmund, which is like seen as like Potter's like redemption. I mean, Benjamin missed an open goal. So Potter's been riding his luck, really. And the, the, I mean, so, I mean, he could say he'd been riding his luck and he hasn't, but it's just, it's just a general. We just haven't. As soon as we play someone good, we just don't seem to do very well. So that's just. Not a great metric for a manager, really. Yeah, I mean, we've had a great run of fixtures now to accumulate points, and that's yeah. it. Now that that was the last one yesterday, Villa at home. Um, that was the last game w- which ends our run of good fixtures. Now we've got sort of more tough games coming up. You know, Liverpool, and then we have got Real Madrid next Wednesday, and I, then I think we've got um, is it Arsenal at the end of this month as well. Yeah. I'm I'm missing one game in between that I think is. Uh, uh, quite tough as well. Obviously, we have got the Real Madrid return leg, and then we well, got, well, we got oh Brentford at home. I guess is is in yes. there. Which, I mean, Brighton, Brighton at home. We've got Liverpool at home, Wolves away this week, then Real Madrid away, then Brighton at home that squeezed in between the Real Madrid the Real Madrid second leg, then Man United that has to be um, rearranged, and then we've got Brentford and then Arsenal this month, <laughs> so, and then you got we've got quote unquote easier games in uh, May, but. Yeah, but then we've got City away in Newcastle at home and Manchester United to be rearranged. I mean, we probably won't get 50 points. If we're looking oh. at, if we're going into the mind of Bowley now, what, what, what's he thinking, do you think, at this point after that loss yesterday? 
Well, I think he's, it, we, you know, it got leaked, I think, a bit that they were having a board meeting last night or some sort of meeting at the top level discussing Potter. I mean, when we did our guess the narrative last week, I think you guys were sort of on a completely different page to me in terms of of what I thought would be the future of Potter. Um, I think Bowley watching these games, I, I don't, I just don't see how you can turn up and watch the game yesterday and watch the fan reaction, seeing an em- half empty Stamford Bridge at the 80th minute and just not think like this isn't working. I, I, I can't see, obviously you've listed our fixtures. I can't see us doing well in the next two months of fixtures. We might do okay, but I can't see us doing well. I don't think the fan reaction or the fan atmosphere is going to be very good. I just don't see how Potter remains as Chelsea manager uh, by the end of the the season or you know the, the early part of the summer. Um, not with a manager as, as promising and as renowned as, as Nagelsmann, and also a manager that fits you know the the ethos of what they want to do. I think has a relationship with Vival as well from his Leipzig J, Le, Leipzig days. I, I don't see how that isn't the, the easy move. I, 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 again, I just I can't see if you're if you're evaluating this from Bowley's position, and he's obviously got some good people around him as well. And, and as well, I would say I believe in in him as a owner that he's really really trying to do the best he can in every single situation, not just the transfer market, but he's getting the guy from Real Madrid to do the pitch now at Chelsea as well. You know, he wants us to be the best in every department. And obviously the key department is manager and we don't have the best. We are very, very far from the best. So I, I think that position is going to have to be evaluated. And yeah, I just don't see how Potter is our manager to start next season. I just what, don't do you, see what do you think, Chris? Because you're more measured on this. You're a bit more cool-headed than this. I'd like to see your, your take on it. I think if Bowley has a... Look, the guys would have put together a plan. The The plan will be whatever it is in terms of what their thoughts would have been around how what the key metrics were to be hit this season. Um, I would assume the boss was missing those metrics quite heavily at this point, regardless of, I think he could have missed out on top four. I think you probably would have accepted that maybe with the churn, the situation with the injuries. Um, but you would have expected him to have a better go than this. So I would be surprised now. I mean... <laughs> The issue you're going to run into is if he if he if he wins a couple of games, um, it's sort of where, where are the wins where are the wins coming from? But, I don't see. I, it. I, I, we could, I, mean, we, I mean, I don't want to get Liverpool's form away, but Liverpool are dreadful away, and, and Wolves are Wolves. So you know, we could. I mean, we, look, we've got a great squad. We can win football games, and we probably should have won yesterday. I mean, it, it's kind of like we're, we're, we're laying into Potter when we've actually played quite well. But the thing with Potter is, this might sound a bit dramatic. It's too much blood in the water with him. If he hasn't built a solid foundation. Arsenal at home, Newcastle away, Tottenham away, City at home was okay. But like in that 4 0 away uh, to Manchester City, that was awful. Shouldn't do I, that I said that at the time when, you know, we should, take, shouldn't, take... shouldn't do that in the FA Cup. I can't remember how many times we won the FA Cup, but we, we basically always get deep in the FA Cup these days. Even on the Lampard, we got into a final. Can't do that in the FA Cup. Can't just throw the FA Cup. I'm sorry. Can't do that. Can't play um, that young kid's Humphreys. Can't do that. Unacceptable. Can't, not when we're not playing well. How, uh, you know, 
have to play a, a better team than that. He, he's missed the mark on so many. Just yeah. re- obviously looking back on this now, it's so obvious. But even at the time, it felt like he's just missed the mark in so many different ways with his selections and performances that we've we've given in these games. Like taking that big twenty five percent of the ground allocation away at City and playing Bashir Humphreys. No disrespect to him, obviously, but the you know it's not the play. It, it just isn't the play. It yeah. just it, it it's awful management of the team and, and it's it's just glaringly obvious. And just a bit of a macro point as well, is like we're probably gonna get less than fifty points this year. So let's say Potter did stay. How many points do you think, even if it goes well, he could get next year? I'll put it to you boys. Well, maybe, I think maybe. I think if he stays, it'll be because you'll see some sort of uptick in form now. I can't see it, like I said, but I I, 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 I can't see us getting ninety points under Grand Potter next year. Do you know what I mean? It's like 90 points. No, that's, that's, but what I'm trying to say is, I said when they sacked Tuchel, Potter basically has to be challenged for the, the league within two years, or it was a terrible second, basically. Because even though I know Chris said like we nearly threw the top four last year, we still got 70 points. Do you know what I mean? That was Tuchel, un- Tuchel yeah. underperforming was 70. Potter underperforming is 50 or 40. You see what I mean? So, yeah, like P- Potter performing might be 75. So you might have actually just gained five points by sacking the manager in two years. And we basically stood still. And like I said, I mean, it's unbelievable. Arteta is performing miracles at Arsenal. Ten Hag at United. Nagelsmann might go to Tottenham if we don't act. City is City. And Liverpool will definitely improve again next year. So... We're getting, we're getting left. We can't, you can't stand yeah, still. You've forgotten like Newcastle. Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course, Newcastle. You can't stand still in this era. You can't just hope. There isn't, I've actually said it, they've proved me wrong, but that's why I said to my Arsenal friends that like, oh, no, we'll, um, you know, trust the process. You can't really, don't really have a time to trust the process. You can't, you can't do a four or five year rebuild because you might be left behind. In t- and we're not being left at times in terms of buying players, but in terms of league, but I mean, we under Potty, we might not be getting in the Champions League for two or three years. Just, that's just not gonna. That's just not gonna. That can't happen. So we've, we're kind of um, we've gone backwards. We've gone backwards on the pot massively. So and even if we go back forwards next year, we might just be back to where we were two years ago. So if you if you can't see him getting ninety points, then he has to go because he has to challenge for the league with this squad. They've assembled the best team and when we. An unbelievable squad for him. They're giving him everything. Keys to the city. So that's that's the macro point that's the issue. Even if he improves, how much can he improve? That's the, that's the issue for me. Personally. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the, the general plan would be. Because obviously they're doing a lot with contracts for the players and stuff with yeah. and changing how they're setting the mindset up of the players with encouraging them to to perform to to get the results rather than handing out 300k when you lose every week. So it be can we just I have a quick can can we have a quick um chat as well about the post match interviews the the players gave everything i've had enough <laughs> of that i've absolutely I, I can't i can't tell you how much i've had enough of it i cannot h- hear another post match presser where he says the players gave everything i mean what is that it's just an absolute nonsense his post match i'll tell you what it is it's mid table Media talk that he hasn't got out of his system. Basically, he probably I don't I'm, I didn't I haven't watched a Brighton press conference in my life. So, but I assume he used to say it when he's Brighton manager. Maybe he should ask Brighton fans. I assume that when they lost, and remember Brighton were very. I mean, rem- let's remember Brighton fans booed Potter. So they've obviously he's obviously very streaky and he's obviously a slow burner as a manager. But yeah, it's if I Graham read the room a little bit. Yeah, 
Right. So 20, 22 matches under Potter, obviously, in the Premier League. 21 goals for, 21 against. In that same time, we've got 28.3 xG for and 27.2 against. So, I mean, every single stat that you, you, you read is just showing you that this team has is, is been appalling. Yeah, we should Potter. be scoring a few more, but we should also be conceding more. So it kind of levels out, doesn't it? So, yeah, 21-4, yeah. 20. I mean, it, it's just... we're. We're exactly where we are. We're tenth, eleventh place. I mean, tenth, eleventh. That is the sort of form that 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 leads you to to be a mid-table club, and and that is what we'll be under Graham Potter. I think. Just one little thing about Bowley rather than than Potter. Ego is an evil thing, and I think that unless Bowley really doesn't know ball, he knows now that second Tuchel was a mistake, and maybe or. But obviously, there was like fault on Tuchel's side as well, obviously. And obviously, maybe Tuchel was emotional from leading the club through the sanctions and maybe flipped out a bit and maybe was a bit unprofessional. But I think Bowley wished, I, I bet he wished he like took a breath and just dealt with maybe the. Because Tuchel's been called like a fantastic coach, but a difficult man. And maybe just ride it out a bit. But it's, I think Bowley, I've heard before that like the other members of the board are maybe really cold and Potter, that Bowley is like trying to hang on and just trying to like, just try and please, please don't show that I've made this mistake. And I think we're just waiting for Todd Bowley's like ego or just to be like, right, actually, you know what? I call it, take, take the L, that's it. Because that's really what the fans are waiting for now. Like Chris said before, we're way beyond the, type, the, the stage where a manager will be sacked at this club. And that's what's causing apathy to set in, kind of like, ugh, like kind of like a meh kind of thing. So it's just, yeah. I I don't really agree with that point. I think you don't. This I I think the Bowley is a guy who's put a substantial amount of money in the club, and he just seems like someone who won't. I don't think he's going to let it fail in the time period that he wants it to succeed in. So I don't think he's. Why is he? Why is he hung on so long though? But. Well, that's for I don't know why you would do what that. What other but... reason? What other reason would you have to hang on for probably ten games too long? I mean, well, for I me, if he was trying to, if he's trying to like set something up for the future, maybe he's trying to solve other things, and maybe the that position isn't the most important thing for him at this moment in time. But maybe in the summer, once the season's over, he will reevaluate it when he's had all the information that he needs. Because getting sacking him tomorrow or maybe after Liverpool game, that puts him in a, a new pressure, a new setup that he might need, and he might be doing other things. There's lots of other things happening in the club at the moment. I, mean, I just don't think there's much benefit in getting rid of him. Not that it's not the right thing to do, but he's trying to, he's trying to deliver something over a much longer period of time. Yeah, Todd Bowley is doing... I think I saw a tweet that like Todd Bowley is doing everything right for the club, but other than the manager situation, Todd Bowley is doing wonders for the club. He's completely revolutionised like the backroom staff. He's got all the scouts in, Vivelle, Wynn Stanley, everything that we needed. I'm not saying I want to go back to a marina. So I don't think it's an, I don't think it's an ego thing for him. I think he's, he's, he's a very yeah. uh, intelligent, I, I, smart person. I don't think he's looking at these games going, this is going great. You know, this guy's fantastic. I think he's trying to probably take quite a measured look at it, getting a lot of input, understanding what's happening around the club, talking to the players. So I think there'll be something that happens in the summer, but there's no there's no point making knee-jerk reactions now. If if Nagelman comes in and loses the next eight games, I, I, 
What, what's what's the position he's in now? It's just very, very unlikely to happen because Ronaldo's I know, but that, what, 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 position, it, what position does that put him in then, though? It, it doesn't make sense to do it I, now. I think, I think I'd be more willing to, to accept a project or a, a sort of a, a period of, of poor play under a manager like Nagelsmann that has that experience and is, is generally regarded to be you know one of the best young up-and-coming managers in the world with a body of work behind him that, that demonstrates that at the highest level, at Champions League level, at league level in, in Germany with, with Bayern Munich. And compared to Potter, who I think we've talked about this before, you know, doesn't have that, that same body of work, doesn't have that history, and was regarded as a promising manager for sure back when we signed him. But I think it's proven now over the seven months, 22 Prem games and whatever else, 10 other games in, in other competitions, that he is not good enough. That is what he's I don't think. But I don't think you'll give Nagelsmann the best chance to succeed. I think you give him I, I, I agree the whole with summer, pre-season, transfer. You put him in now, it's, it's just a bit of a mess. I just don't think there's any benefit to it. I, I, think, I, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. I, th- I think what you want to know, what I think fans want as well, is, and this happens in real life as well, you know, in, in politics and other situations, is people want accountability. People want someone to take the blame and and be punished for for what's happened or happening at Chelsea, and that is being sacked. People want Potter sacked because they want you know that he deserves to be sacked. That is you know that is completely correct, right? That he deserves to be sacked. He, he he's done an absolutely dreadful job as Chelsea manager, and he doesn't deserve the job. It's a, it's an honour to be Chelsea manager. It's one of the, mo- the highest prestigious. Uh, most prestigious jobs in world football, and and it's he doesn't deserve it. He, the fans don't like him. He's not good at his job. You know, there's no reason to keep him. And, and yeah, even though you're saying, oh, the timing, maybe it's not perfect for this. You know, just get an interim manager in, or just let um, you know, one of the coaches take the job. You know, I, no one wants to see Graham Potter on the sideline managing Chelsea. No one in the ground. I, I, basically, I mean, there might be like you know, there's always. In one percent of, of, but ninety nine percent of the fan base want him out. And even you know, on 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 Twitter, we know uh, Dan McCarthy, who's a really good Twitter follower. Yeah, he, him, yeah. he, he he was one that was really has has defended Potter and, and said stick stick with the process or whatever. But even he just said he, he's just he's beyond defense now. You you can't defend him. There's no reasonable person that's watching these games now that that can defend uh, the performances or, or what's going on on the pitch. Good discussion there, guys. Um, let's yeah. let's move on and talk about some players. Kept it fairly civil, I thought. Yeah, let's talk about some players, though. Let's talk about the temperatures. We uh, we've we've got some temperatures to check. Uh, no one is safe in the temperature check. Let's, uh, Craig. Do you want to? Oh, you started last week, right? Um, I guess I can start this week. Sure. So that's allowed, I think. Yeah, allow I'm, that. I'm not going last. I went last last week. You can go second then. Oh, lovely. Perfect. Okay, so for me in the freezer, um, sorry, Ruben Loftus Cheek. <laughs> so much. I, the thing I wrote about him here is so much wasted potential. Um, I remember watching him for the is it the Toulon England under twenty one tournament. He was the player of the game, player of the tournament. He was amazing, direct, aggressive, great dribbler. Made some really good, you know, key passes. I don't know what happened to that guy. But he is, he is a long, long way from being 
anywhere as good as he was before. And was he playing right wing back then, or? It doesn't matter where he's playing. He's running towards goal, so he can do well, that any position. I think, it matters, I think it matters a bit where he plays, but yeah. Anyway, he has a complete lack of urgency to score goals. For me, he could have been yeah. man of the match yesterday with the amount of opportunity he had to run at that left back Moreno, who was there for the taking. He's not very, he's not great, and create chances. And he, he was very disappointing. He, he, I think he, I think if he, if he was dreaming the night before of the game that he could have had, he had all the, all the right ingredients to deliver yesterday, and he was really, really off it when it came to the last third and. He just didn't really know what to do, and I feel really sorry for him. Generally, actually, I think he he could have he could have been a really top player for us, and I think he sort of lost his way a bit after the injuries as well. Yeah, completely agree. Everything you said, just like you always looking for him to take the handbrake off. I think Tuchel alluded to it. Like there's a play he, he, he compared him to Balak. Like he's got so many good attributes. Mm. Just mentally, just the injury's done him. I mean, it happened to Damien Duff years ago. I don't remember Duff after an injury. He's got a huge injury duff and he just kind of like started, you know, 50-50s, he wouldn't go in. It just happens. I mean, it's just a thing that happens to players and none of us are professional footballers, so I'm not going to go in on him too much in terms of like psychology. But it's clear that like a little bit like Anthony Joshua last night just didn't want to throw the punches, you know, just kind of like yeah. mentally, just mentally not quite there where he used to be. And um, yeah, so he should just move on. His contract's up in 2024. We've got 31 players in the squad. Easy player to move on. I don't. I don't really want Ruben at the club next year. To be honest, I think for all parties, I think he's just leave and carry on his career. Just, just down a peg, Fulham, West Ham, that kind of thing. Palace. That's where he. That's where he, his career is now. Not a Chelsea Football Club anymore. I'm afraid. Yeah, I hope he. I hope he goes on to good things. Yeah, I think he could be a top, good top half Premiership player, but he's not. He's not the lead footballer and. We've got there's no there's no in this kind of uh, cutthroat world in terms of like you know like I said before City are so strong, um, Arsenal uh, uh, elite basically at the moment like we can't hang on to these players and just hope they get better they've got to go so yeah you've got, got to be out the exit door in the summer I'm afraid I always think the key thing for me when you see like a, a good player is like really good like long range passing and vision we see that with like James Enzo mm. Kovacic to a point Loftus his cheek I've never seen him play a long ball in my life. Very bizarre. True. Um, warming up for me, uh, Felix, who we've been a little bit critical of, I think, in the pod uh, last couple of weeks. Um, but I thought he was excellent um, yesterday. He actually, especially in the second half, some of those mazy, skillful runs were yeah. unreal and unmatched. Um, he, he, he wanted to take the game by the scruff of the neck. Yesterday, he wanted to just try and score a goal. He was quite unlucky. Not to not to get a goal. His shooting probably needs a little bit of work generally. Um, but I'm leaning more. It's a bit like a seesaw, but now I'm like leaning more towards keeping him. And there's definitely something special about him. He's his his first touch, his movement is. His, his first touch is absolutely incredible. The ball just sticks to him sometimes, doesn't it? When he gets the ball in tight space like that, it is very impressive. He needs that killer instinct. He did that amazing run. He scored a toe poked it at the keeper. I just need yeah. that final little bit, and he'd be elite. So I know he scored a really good goal against Everton, but. If he can get the G slash A, then I'll take him. But um, he's got amazing amazing dribbling skills. We just need some goals and assists from him. So um, if he can show that, then, yeah, I think we should buy him. But if not, then I have to wait and see. But, yeah, he was really good yesterday. Still a young player, remember. Yeah, he is still young. He is still young. Um, boiling hot for me. Oof, boiling hot. 
Enzo, I thought his passing range yesterday was just ridiculous. Um, he, his, his creativity and passing in the last third is completely unmatched um, in midfield and I think maybe in the squad. And I think there's a future captain of the club in, in Enzo Fernandez. Yeah. He, he can just see things that people can't. And I think if he can play more with people in, maybe we keep the same front three and, and sort of him or maybe, you know, maybe four of, of the three, I think he can create some really good like relationships and, and combinations with people. Cause he can, he can see people's movement. He can, he can hit a pass and he was really unlucky not to get, I guess, a key pass for an assist yesterday. Um, especially that one that went over to Chilwell where he kind of crossed it in and Havertz, I don't know what happened. He sort of went behind him or didn't quite get his footing right. But I need to see that again. I don't know what happened with that actually. Yeah, but like I, I, I he was like, he's a little bit slow maybe, and he he got done by Ramsey a few times on the on the counter. But I I don't mind that. He's he's so effective and yeah, just what a, what a great signing. Great player, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the midfield silver. Just put him in every week. Yeah, just, yeah. Just eight, basically, just eight out of ten every week at least. He's twenty-two years old. Just basically the only consistent elite performer we have in at the moment. That's not in defence. So, um, yeah, just brilliant player. He's so good that Reese James copied his hairstyle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe that's what they all need to dye their hair, like for charity, for charity or something. I don't know. Get Kyle on it. Right, you, you're up, Brady. What have you got? Well, you... The freeze is difficult because I was going to put Ruben in there, to be honest. Yeah. And I've kind of... There's another... There's a couple of other key... <laughs> I'm there's one put, in particular, I'm, I'm, surely. I, I, I do this... I do this reluctantly. I'm going to put Kaladu Kudabali in there. Ooh. First, I, I, Craig and me have disagreed on him a lot. I mean, you know, me and Craig actually, Craig actually agree quite a lot on players, but I watched in the first 15 minutes today, he was absolutely woeful. He just gave it away. He doesn't release the ball quick enough when he passes. And Reese James, James was saying, James having a word of him, like, what are you doing? Pass it quicker to me. Yeah. We're trained, we're trained. You give it to me, I give it to his cheek. We've done this in training. Hurry up. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and there was a crossfield ball, I think about 10 minutes in. And he just like booted it out of play. And Chile was going, no, mad. That, yeah. Chile was going mad at him, like, what are you doing? Like, this is the ball. I invert. I run in. We trained this. Like, come on. So it's just like, and then, and then the, the game goes on. He does a good, he does whatever he's good at. He's good at like running back. He's good at slide tackles. He's good at like, a, a, he's, he's aggressive. He can be a bit too aggressive sometimes, but he improved in the game. But he showed freezing qualities. I mean, he kind of shook the icicles off him a little bit in the second half. But yeah, just, I've got to put him in the freezer because that first 15 was worrying. And he just, Really, Villa gained momentum by us. There's a lot of, um, I don't know if you know, there's a lot of midfield giveaways and defensive giveaways in the first 15, 20 minutes. And that gave Villa a bit of confidence, you know? Yeah. And and so, and he was a big part of that. I think it was like three or four giveaways in the first like 12 minutes. That's just not good enough. I can't yeah. wait for Thiago Silva to come back. No, no. no. I mean, I, I've, I've actually thought maybe that when Thiago retires that Koulibaly can replace him but that's that was uh that oh, was, a silly, that I, was really hope, I really hope that's not the case that was really? a silly thing to think and um we yeah. I mean I'll say this we had two better centre-backs on the bench for me and yeah. I, I, include yeah. Trevor I include Trevor Chalibur in that um 
I Badia Shield needs to play every game, basically. Badia so. Shield is playing so well for us. I don't know yeah. what. what, what it's, it's, this is what I mean with Potter. It's like you get Badia Shield rolling, and he's not in the Champions League squad, so he, he he can't play Champions League. So he's fresh for. He can play three games in a week. He can play um, Villa. Uh, at Liverpool Wolves because he's not playing the Champions League game, you see. But he just I actually, I actually think that Kukurea would have been a better player for Liverpool because they're not really that tall no. um, in those areas, and they're, they're quite attack. I don't yeah. know. Like, anyway, yeah, like, yeah. anyway, like Kudabali in the freezer, um, reluctant to do it. Kaladu, nice guy, lovely guy, but um, <laughs> buy him a beer. But yeah, anyway, I'm, how many I'm, beers? I'm not... He's got. He's got. Yeah, he's probably he's not even a drinker. I'll probably, I'll, I'll get him a. I don't know. Uh, lime cordial and soda. But anyway, um, I'm not going to have a boy in the hot this week. Just a bit of a heads up. I'm going to be tepid. Tepid is the Chelsea fans. When you're at the game, no one's really that angry, but no one's really that bothered. You're there. They're just like, here we go again. Like when when the goals went in, there was booing and stuff. But when the second goal went in, it was almost like comical. It was kind of just like, oh, God, here we go again. And it's just, you know, I'm never like this. I've got, I've got to bring it. So I was at the game yesterday. On the last five minutes, I was on my phone. Because it just. Just, you can tell there's nothing from the fans. It's just like, I mean, a lot of the fans left. And because there was booing at the end, but there's not this kind of like get out put or anything like that. It's just kind of this like, it's apathy. And I do find that with apathy, that like that, that is hiding this like a real anger. And the next stage, if we lose to Liverpool, is going to be like an onslaught. And if Liverpool go 1-0 up, it'll get ugly on Tuesday. Oh, if, so, if we're losing in the second half on, on Tuesday, you will hear we want Potter out chance, I think. I yeah, think yeah, yeah. The yeah, fans it, have definitely had enough. Yeah, yeah, and I think they're the big. And I think they've been patient with with him as well. Oh yeah, I think I think honestly, like Potter, you can tell that he's. I think he's almost quite surprised that they haven't, we haven't gone for him more. I think I think he's quite surprised how much patience he's got. You know, he's been, yeah, I think he said that they've been very fair with me. So yeah, step into the Chelsea fans at the moment. Just online, you know, I feel like everyone's going mad. But when it goes to the game, kind of like uh, uh, that's sort of got a meh situation. Warming up for me, um, I'm going to go to Madueke. I was sitting in the Matthew hiding upper, and so he was right at my side. It just a lot of take-ons. Just in, the out ball was on the right. You get it to him, and he immediately. I think he had three shots when he came on. Um, it's a lot of take-ons. Really good player. Needs more minutes. I mean, he was playing right wing back, bless him. And like, so he, he's gone from not getting minutes to playing a position he's probably never played in his life. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, do, I mean, he's basically playing right wing in that second half for us with the way we're set up. The, yeah, but like. He still was, uh, you know, he still had to track back a lot. So, yeah, I mean, just give, just give him more minutes. I mean, the Wolves game is a perfect game to start him because it is a nothing game. I, I would say the Wolves game is a nothing game, basically, because it's, it's two or three days before the Madrid game. Um, Liverpool, will make or, Liverpool will make or break Potter anyway. If we win against Liverpool, then Potter will keep his job, whatever happens at Wolves. You've got to start Manuweke against Wolves because he needs 90 minutes. So, yeah, I think... A lot, of, a lot of take-ons, good player, really exciting, can play either wing. I'm really excited about him, and he needs more minutes. So, uh, yeah, that's warming up for me, and I haven't got a boiling hot, because give it to Enzo. Give I, it to I, the... don't, I don't have a boiling hot either. I'm just going to quickly go through. My my freezing cold is Kepa. Um, he, he's, he's just... We've, we've conceded five shots on target over the last two games to Villa I and... That big goal was good. It was a good goal. Yeah, so yeah, the big goal, goal was unreal. Okay. So we've conceded five shots on target in total in the last two games, and we've conceded four goals. He's made one save in the last two games. We've conceded f- the other four 
shots on target have just been goals. I don't think he did much wrong yesterday, to be honest. I, I do. I have to say, for the the first goal that went in, he has to make a decision. He he came out, and he, if you watch it, he's already running out, and then he realizes the mistake, and then he stops, and then he doesn't do anything, and he just makes it so easy for um, Watkins. He could have just run up to him. Yeah. And then maybe Goal Watkins keepers. has to try and go around him, and someone can get back, or like you yeah. can, you can maybe foul him, and yeah, I don't know, like you know, that, make that, that decision making is it is really important for goalkeepers, and you see it with good goalies exactly how they make great decisions and great moments, and it's hard to really analyze because when you look at Kepper for the Watkins goal, you're like, oh, you know, Watkins should score, but it's Kepper's positioning that makes it an easy goal. You watch what Martinez does when Mudrik's throwing goal. He doesn't go out and, and make the finish really easy for him, even though Mudrick was maybe expecting him to, which is why he took it so early. But good goalkeepers make good decisions and make it hard as, pos- as hard as possible for players to score even good chances. And that's what Martinez did yesterday when he with a bunch of opportunities for Chelsea. And Kepper, again yesterday, especially you know the Watkins chance, he's in no man's land. He's never going to yeah. save... He, he's basically, he can't even get his hands up, Kenny. He, he was almost in, out of his area. I mean, it's just... He had no chance of saving that. Watkins could have done anything. He could have taken it first time and lobbed it over him. He could have gone round him. He could have put it low. Kepa wouldn't have saved any of those attempted finishes. Also, with, if, if Mendy was in goal, Watkins not, is not going to think, right, I'm going to lob it over him. Do you know what I mean? Necessarily. Because Mendy's much taller. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like... Yeah, and, so. and 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 obviously I posted this in the group uh, earlier today or yesterday that Kepa has the worst save percentage from shots outside the box in in oh no the second worst he doesn't actually do you know who's got the worst did David Raya yeah sorry uh, he's, he's a harder he's a harder void as well then we don't <laughs> want he's the second worst but Kepa since 2018 start of the 2018 season 22 percent of the shots that he concedes are outside the box. I just can't believe that. You, players that f- shoot from outside the box, you don't even see it that much th- these days because right. they, they, you know, they're coached that these are low XG opportunities. You, you, you know, if you're shooting against Kepa... I'll always go back to the FA Cup final against Leicester with Tielemans. Because like, <laughs> Mendy obviously was playing for us that season, but Kepa was playing the Cup games. And... Just he just conceded that goal to Tillmans where he shoots from outside the area where it looks like, oh, it's a great goal, whatever, just like you said about McGinn. And it's like, no, because another goalkeeper just saves it. He just doesn't make it look as hard or as good as as the shot is because you just don't, you know, he's just not a good, he's not a good goalkeeper, Kepper. He just isn't a good goalkeeper. I mean, his contract's up in two years. I think I've changed my mind on this. I've been defending recently. I think we should sell Kepper. Get another really good goalkeeper in, and Mendy can be a really strong number two. That's what I would do personally. I would um, say that we we have one of the worst goalkeepers in the division, and we had, and I said this before, he was one of the worst goalkeepers in the whole of Europe's top five leagues. You can't expect to do too much with that. Um, I mean, and he he rightly he wasn't in goal when we won a lot of the major trophies. I mean, that's not a coincidence. Yeah, I think I think they should just give Mendy a, a new little contract, let Kepa go if they can, and then just get like a, another keeper in. I mean, someone like a Pickford or um, something like that. There, there's, there's, there's. I, I'm reluctant always to buy keepers because there's a lot of variance in buying goalkeepers. But I mean, it's getting to the point where anyone's just, uh, even a little bit better than Kepa. So yeah, we need a better goalkeeper. So 
Yeah, I think that's obvious. So um, I'm not doing uh, boiling hot. I'll do a warming up. I'll, I'll just say Ben Chilwell, I thought was fantastic again yesterday. Um, yeah. he, he just one of our best players for like a run of games now. He's just outstanding. And yeah, just just love him down that left. Well, redemption story. Chilwell and Craig. Lovely. <laughs> well, 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 I always get worried because he, he, he's done this a few times. He just randomly goes down. Injured. Oh I'm yeah, like, he, he oh. and then I'm like, oh no, there's no one to bring up. He, he did it yesterday, where he like, it was like you know those fifty fifties where they both kick the ball really hard. Yeah. I thought, oh my god, he's like broke his ankle, and he went, no, I'm fine. <laughs> so, but we don't actually have anyone. Who's who's the backup? Well, Kukurea. Oh, Kukurea. oh my goodness. Well, yeah. there is a certain oh. Lewis Hall, who's a very good little player, but um, yeah. Yeah. You haven't seen him. No, we haven't seen him. I think he only came in because of the injuries, right? He wasn't actually going to do anything. Oh. Let's talk about Liverpool at home on Tuesday night under the lights. It will be under the lights, confirmed. <laughs> Definitely under <laughs> the lights. <laughs> will it be dark um, though when by kickoff? Ooh, oh, good question. No, I think I think it was getting pretty dark, and when when I was leaving the ground, it was getting dark. So I do remember. I think is it eight o'clock or seven thirty kickoff? I don't know. We'll check the sunsets and keep get you guys posted for next <laughs> yeah. week. That's all, they, uh, that's, uh, that's all people yeah. tune in for now. Our, our daylight savings. Uh, <laughs> Look out. If, if you turn notifications on on Twitter, we'll keep you updated on sunset. Oh, eight, eight o'clock. I think it might be under the lights. So. Fantastic. Um, Chelsea have a really, really bad record against Liverpool um, at home. We've only won once in our last eight seasons at home to Liverpool. So I don't think we've not... lost, we haven't lost that many games either. Quite a lot of draws, haven't they? You've got, you got a laugh. Just off the top of my head. Uh, I think, so we, we drew the last game, 2-2. Um, two, two. Do you remember who, who scored? Yeah, Pulisic and Kovacic scored an absolute worldie. Yeah, well, but was that goal of the season? Uh, no, I think they gave it to somebody else. It was up there, though. I think it was that, or I can't remember the other goal. But yeah, uh, what a goal. goal. He, tried, he actually tried it on Saturday, but it went and hit the corner flag. That was that was absolutely horrific yesterday. And even then the, the Villa, Villa fans, fans were like, like <laughs> even what? the Villa fans started uh, we commenting on it. What what the uh, what the FNL was that? Yeah, that was good fun. Um, so yeah, we've we've lost. Uh, so we lost four times, drawn three, won one in the last um, eight seasons. And the win was a one nil home win in the twenty seventeen twenty eight season. Do you know who scored that day? Eden Hazard. He was playing. Unlucky. No, that was the 1-1 one, one when they equalised. So this wasn't the Sari season. Was this the Lampard season? Oh, it was Conte. Yeah, I think so this is, the, this is the Conte. This is the three, the three rats season or whatever it is. Three rats. We, we, won. we won one nil. Do you know who scored? It's probably not that obvious who scored, maybe. David Luiz. No, it was a striker. Giroud. Giroud. Hey. Fantastic. Well, better, right? yeah, 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 yeah. What a player. Yeah. Do him um, back. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wanted him gone. Um, so we and now we haven't beaten anyone in the top nine, <laughs> home or away, <laughs> this season. Um, the Liverpool when you. <laughs> It's not, it's, not, it's not funny. <laughs> it, it, Craig, it is, it's literally laugh I cry at this point, so I'm not going to cry on a podcast, um, so I'll laugh. Liverpool have only registered three wins away from home this season. How, how do we see this one going? 
I mean, Liverpool have lost six of the last 10 in the league. They've got 12 points out of 14 away games. They've got a minus 10. They've just been 10. battered 4-1 by City. Yeah, they've been battered 4-1 by City, where I think they generated an XG of 0.3 and conceded nearly over 3 XG. They're minus 10 goal difference. So, uh, basically, the, it's an away banker, isn't it, now? Just, um, <laughs> like, as in, form would say that we've got a good, a good chance of not losing the game. Um, I think... Potter will surely learn his lesson where he'll play the players in his positions. I think if Reece James plays, he'll play right wing back. I think that Baddy Ashil. Fafana will be back. I, I think Fafana right. will be back. I think, and I think, I think there's a certain little Mason Mount that might start this game. Um, Mason Mount came over to the fans in the in the Matthew Highland stand and clapped. He was the only player other than Shearwell to clap. Koulibaly came over a bit, but that was not good. They were, all rest of walked off. And that was really appreciated by the Chelsea fans and it, probably one of the best moments of yesterday. Mount needs minutes because we, we, I think we need to start playing him. He needs to be involved in the Real Madrid tie. He hasn't had minutes lately. I think you can't start, he's not going to start Mudrick, I don't think. He might do against the Liverpool high line, but um, yeah, I want to see Mount. He has to start Mudrick for me. Yeah, oh, he, has to, he has to start Sterling if he's fit, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. So many options up front, but. Mm. It'll probably be Sterling, Havertz and Felix, I guess. But Mount needs minutes. And I think that Fafana will be back. I think he has to play better Yashil. Um Yeah, I just... Or maybe he'll, he'll stick with Kukurea. I'm not sure, because Chris said the Kukurea might be might be able to get a game for Liverpool. But, yeah, I mean, let, let's see. I don't think he's... I think he won't play the office right wing back again. No way. After the, the hammering. Definitely the... not, yeah. So, um, it's a game where... it's it's a It's a... It's not, it's not. It's a nothing. Not a nothing game in terms of like the lit bike. It's a huge game for Potter, but again, it's kind of just like we're in a position now where we probably can't even get top six. So it's I more. Than that, that, I don't think that's true. Do you don't think that's true. Oh, no, we're only five points behind now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah but, but, but Chris, you look at the run of pictures, mate. It's like Sorry, you're, you're, yeah, yeah, as in. We we could get it. It's not as if we're like ten oh, yeah, points yeah. off. It's it's not, sorry, it's not mathematically dead. Yeah. No. Yeah. Course, but... Because it will go to it will go to seventh as well, won't it? With will it? the because they open up more Europa League spots for the, depending on who wins the the cups, right? So I don't want to play in the Europa Conference, by the way. I, I, no, but I, the I Europa know. Conference will move to eighth, won't it? Is it just one spot for the Europa Conference? I mean, I can't believe we're having this conversation, but yeah, I guess we are. Um, I'll, yeah, fi- but... I'll find out the details for next. Yeah, I, think I think it's top four get Champions League, fifth and sixth get Europa League, and seventh gets Europa Conference. That's what I think it is. I I think they fifth gets Europa League, and then because of the Carabao Cup, the sixth place will go to the Europa League, and then depending on who wins the FA Cup, potentially yeah. seventh oh, place. Sixth, and, then... maybe seventh. and look, we are anyway. We're, we're only four out. points behind Liverpool, so if we beat them. This is actually a really big game, I guess, for top six. And, you know, it could be a big game for Potter. But it's basically, it's a a Potter in or out game, isn't it? I think if he loses Liverpool, I don't see how. And with Wolves being a bit of a dead rubber, I I can't see how he can survive losing to Liverpool personally. I I think if we lose badly to Liverpool, I think there's a chance he's sacked. But I think he'll get Real Madrid away regardless. I think Real Madrid away, if we lose that game, especially badly, I think he's gone 100%. Because they'll get a new manager in to try and do something for the home leg. Um, but I, I can't see, I can't see him being. Sat. Looking at the table, Chris, you are right. I mean, we're only we're only five points off Brighton, but they've got two games in hand though. And Brighton, look, I mean, I know they drew three three, but they look electric Brighton, and we've got to play them as well. So we have got to play Brighton, Brentford, and Liverpool. So we 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 can close the gap on you know the top six, but yeah, we just we Any, anything can happen in football. 
Yeah, we're back on minus goal difference. It's just, you know, I, I, I think we're going to... We're minus come... goal difference for the season. Like, where, what, what is going on? Like... Yeah, and like, so we just... You can't get the consistency, Potter. I think all the eggs are firmly in the Champions League basket. I think for the players as well. I think a little bit, they're like, right, Real Madrid or bust. I just, I can't see them really being hugely, hugely up for this game, some of them. I think they're just going to be saving the leg for the Real Madrid game, to be honest. So, um, a big turnover in games. I mean, he, he might have to rotate because he actually played a stronger team than I thought uh, against Villa. So, um, like, I'm not sure Kai can play... Liverpool Wolves. I'm just playing 90 minutes, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> always the same. But someone like Chilwell, for instance, I don't think Chilwell can play Liverpool Wolves and uh, Real Madrid. So yeah, I think Wolves. I think you've alluded to. I think will be a game where a lot of players are arrested. Yeah, yeah so. I think we've had five. Is it five draws against Liverpool in all competitions since? Uh, we've I think one, one, nil, nil, two, two. I mean, it's probably nil, not nil a better time to, in the last five years. There's probably not a better time to play Liverpool. To be honest. They're, probably, they're probably thinking the same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's literally like who's a bit worse, basically. It's not who's better, it's who's, it's who's, it's who's slightly worse. So, um, yeah, so um, but let's see. I mean, Salah often scores against Chelsea, doesn't he? Um, just rubs it back in. So, yeah, we'll see. But, I mean, not hoping for much. Just maybe just not try not to lose. But if, it's a big, if we can get a big, it'd be a big win for Potter. But, you know. We're doing this let's, podcast less than a day after the Villa game, so enthusiasm is not high. Let's say. Let's let's have some score predictions. Craig, I'll go one-one. Ooh, another draw. Brady, three-one Liverpool. Three-one Liverpool. Yeah, I think this is it. I think I, I think this is the game for Potter personally. Mm. I, I think if we lose three-one, I think there is a chance he gets sacked for sure. Who won Chelsea? Wow. The redemption arc. It's not a redemption arc. <laughs> it starts now. Potter's rise to the top starts. He's had about, he's had about four. Do you know what? It would, be, it would be a hell of a redemption if you ever brought this back. It's funny. Like, I, I, I swear, we, you know, we beat Bournemouth and we said, right, for, not Forest must win, didn't win. <laughs> it's like Fulham <laughs> must win, didn't win. Like, how many redemptions is this guy allowed? Like, he should, anyway. Is it quiz time? It, surely there's a quiz. Yes, I'll tell you what, it's another controversial... Well, it's a, it's a good quiz. It's a, it's a format that I've done before, but it's quite a popular format. I think it's quite a good one. Can you name... Now, there are more than eight before you get on me about the semantics and the holes in the quiz, but name eight players in the Premiership era who have played for Liverpool and Chelsea. Daniel Sturridge. Ding! One. Raheem Sterling. Ding! Two. Craig, feel free to chip in, mate. There's a really obvious one that you're missing. <laughs> Mason Mount in the future. Well, that's what, that's, what this Mount, that's what this quiz was based on. Mount might be going to Liverpool, so it's kind of a, a topical thing. Wow. So you've got two, six left. There's two that are difficult. The rest I think you should get, no? I mean, there's two obvious ones that you're missing. We just talked about him. Fernando Torres. Oh, that's one. Ding! Five left. Nice. We literally just talked about him 40 seconds ago. 
Probably one of the worst sales in Chelsea history behind the Bruyne. Salah. Oh, Mohamed, Mohamed, Mohamed Salah, yeah. Halfway right there, boys. Now it gets difficult. How how are these old these are older players? These in... are uh, so a lot of these players, all these well, there's one player who was really good under Conte. And then there's three players who are more from like 10, 15 years ago. They were in their prime. Victor Moses. Victor Moses is one. Oh wow, that's a great shout. Well done, I was, mate. I was Three thinking about. I thought about him first, and I was like, no, I "Three left." yeah, I do remember him playing there now. What? What are the other two? Sorry. The, the, other, in, the, the other three are older players. I think Brady said. Oh, okay. These are like ten years ago. One's like really um, Chelsea legend, wide, wide player, play for West Ham as well. Joe Cole. Joe Cole. He's here, he's there, he's every blooming where. Ding. Two left. He is a Chelsea legend, Joe Cole. This player, one who's played a bit of an enigma, was kind of was supposed to be, you know, a wonder kid, Ballon d'Or, like an Mbappe. Oh, I've got, I've got one, by the way. Yossi Benayoun. There you go. That's actually in the other section. But yeah, you can have that. Thank you very much. That's in the five. There's actually thirteen total, and there's five really hard ones. But he's in. The, he wasn't in the main group. But okay, you can have that. There's two left in the main group. One's a striker. One's a defender. One. What the striker was. You know, he played, played for Real Madrid. Played for Arsenal. Anelka. Anelka. Ding. Is, right. It might be. I might be getting confused here. But is one Tal Ben Naim? No, that's not one that I've got. He, he just got done at. Oh, he got Anfield. done by Torres, didn't he? By Lampel, that's Do you rate him over Koulibaly, Ben Haim? <laughs> I don't know. They're both. It's just not a conversation. Great <laughs> Michael Dubry over Koulibaly. <laughs> Erlen Johnson, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. So what, who's the last one we're missing here? Oh, God. Uh, he says defender. He was bought in the Abramovich era. Didn't really do loads for the club. Kind of a bit of a. Glenn street. Johnson. Glenn oh, Johnson, yeah. ding! Nice. Very good. And there's four. If there's four more, I'll give you them. Zenden. Oh, we could have got Zenden. Oh yeah, we could have got Zenden. And there's one. There's one. There's two you won't get. Barini and Morelles. You won't get them. Barini, I might have got. And Morelles, actually. Morelles. Yeah, all right, Morelles. all right, all right. Fair enough. You should, enough. Well, then, you're, you're not giving. Right, any well, if I said thirteen, you'd be like, "I'm oh, what thirteen? So awful. Right. What do you mean awful? Oh, anyway. <laughs> You're right. going to get policed on this by our friends, by the way. You know that. Half yeah. a quiz. I think this is pretty R&D research. So I've checked it. So, And there's one left. Um, actually, a current um, premiership player at the moment. A young, young player, young forward. A young forward? I think he was a Cobham lad. What, he plays for Liverpool now? No. He plays in the Premier League. Yeah, he, yeah, he, was, he, was, he was a Cobham, Cobham kid. Oh, is it Dom Solanke? It's Dom Solanke. Yeah, very good. Very nice. And Bolo's ended as well. So, yeah, that was uh, quite quite a lot of players that played for uh, uh, Chelsea-Liverpool, even though the two big clubs, a lot of uh, transfer dealings going on. So that was the quiz this week. You weren't very happy with it, but that was the quiz.
Next time, just include all the players, mate. We'll, we'll try and get. <laughs> well, last time I didn't. Last time, well, tell me what you want. Last time I did. Oh, terrible! Hang on. Just, so last just... time you cut them out as well, and we would have got oh, them. You... So you would have got Vinnie Jones, would you, for Leeds? We would have been here for a week. <laughs> <laughs> we would have been here for a week, mate. So I've got to cut some of them. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. You know, last time you're saying, "Oh, this is way too difficult," and now it's too easy. Mixed messages, mate. It's like Potter changing the team every week. It was a it was a good first half and not a good second half. Maybe. Yeah, oh, there you go. Nice, Chris. Nice, nice. nice <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Right. Well, that's uh, that's all we've got time for today. Regardless of the result, we'll be back next week after the game. Um, for more updates and all things ESCR, you can follow us on Twitter at Eatsleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eatsleep Chelsea Repeat. As always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be, and thanks for listening. <laughs>